Hello, goddesses. How are you? And today in our planet Aphrodite, we have another goddess from uh, UK, and she is Sukar. And she is an NLP practitioner. She is a change agent who put people from fear to freedom. And this year she is turning sweet 60 and she has a mission to touch 1 million life, you know, and move them from fear to freedom. And she, she, she's a woman of wisdom. She is just pure wisdom. I had a, a privilege of meeting her and it's going to be a great session about self-love, about knowing her journey. And she has a gift for you. So stay till the end and you'll get to know more about her. So welcome, Sue. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. Thank you. So Sue, uh, let me go back, you know, few years back and tell me how things were at your end you know because women across the globe are facing their challenges everywhere that's that's been my uh, personal reading you know in their own way so how was your journey then what kind of person you were what kind of challenges you were facing and uh, please tell us and did you love yourself a lot then i I actually can say hand on heart, as I'm, as I'm sat here today, that for a very, very long time, I didn't even know the meaning of being able to love myself, mm -hmm. love other people. That was always, that's a given. We love our parents, we love our siblings, our families, etc. cetera. Um, I, it never, ever entered my head that I should love myself. Why would yeah. I? My Why should <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's not something that, that is open. It is actually, these days it is more so, there's a massive movement over here to, to help men and women actually, uh, right. but particularly step up and into them, their best selves and embrace themselves for who they are, which is all involved in self-love. But in my early days, for, from childhood really, I, I, I guess it, it was just never in my psyche, it was never in my thought pattern that actually loving myself as, as such wasn't wasn't selfish you know we, yeah who am i that's a selfish thing we love as people as humans we nurture and, and grow others it was never on my radar to do the same for myself and uh, unfortunately it got me into a lot of trouble both mentally and physically socially emotionally everything um these days i work with people um and and i and i speak a lot as you know but i, I talk a lot about the most the most important bank accounts that any of us will ever have in my humble opinion and that's our five personal bank accounts and it has absolutely nothing to do with the amount of money we have in our banks mm -hmm. for me physical spiritual emotional social and mental selves sorry and if these bank accounts are operating in the black i.e we're looking after ourselves on a daily basis on all the levels that count right and we are far less likely to dip into the realms of overwhelm and depression anxiety and very definitely are far less likely to drop into a fear-based way of living and i until i was um 26 i, mm -hmm. I went when, when we first child um I, I i was even more conscious then that actually as a mother mm -hmm. i had to look human right we'd create human and, and he had to have all our love and, and he did right um my background, my childhood, if you like, was, was one which was at times very traumatic. Mm -hmm. I 
and have and to be fair i've long ago forgiven that it's it's only relevant to my present now because mm. it be a list upon which i've rebuilt my life and my future um my story is one that that of i had um in my parents i had um a, a father who we all of us adored i had a mother that at best tolerated me and at times was was very physically and emotionally uh, mentally abusive not constantly but enough as a child right. to make me think I wasn't enough I was very conscious as a child of always being a people pleaser of always wanting to help and and you know I'll do that I'll do that and and I now know as a grown-up and because of the, the work that I've done um, on myself and with others that actually that's that's a massive red flag for any parent if you have a child in your life that's that's already people pleasing let's say five it's it's not it doesn't bode well for their mental well-being going forward right. by the time i was 39 years old my mental ill health had unraveled to the degree that i'd had four nervous breakdowns by that time oh four. my goodness they're all well documented um i was diagnosed as being bipolar which is manic depressive i uh, ocd anxiety you name it I, I had it pretty much during my my uh what I've come to call my wilderness years during the time that I didn't love myself. Um, and I didn't love myself enough to look after myself well enough right. so that I could love the people in my life who I wanted to love properly. But it yeah. never, I never went to the dots. I just didn't. Um, it wasn't on my radar that I was doing anything wrong with regard to myself. I was that much on a mission then to, to, be all things to all the people I loved in my adult life that mm -hmm. I got me I just forgot me and it, it and it impacted on my mental health as I said that by the time I was 39 I'd had four nervous breakdowns and and my already then social quite heavy social drinking in terms of alcohol and partying and that sort of stuff became my crutch which um. by 52 it was a very long drinking career. By the time I reached 52, uh, I descended into nearly fatal, full-blown, but almost fatal alcoholism. And, and I don't say that with any great pride these days, other than to say to people, if you look at me now and you saw photographs, if, if anybody sort of follows me on social media and stuff like that, they will see the before and after pictures. It's well documented. My own son at the height of my illness my own son walked past me three times one day when we went to pick him up from the airport he didn't even recognize me because he'd not seen me for six months he walked oh past my. me and he was his own mother um and that actually wasn't enough to wake me up oh in really? terms of his, because i just thought wow he's just he's just he's tired he's this what i know for sure is that the stories we tell ourselves about anything that's going off in our lives, but particularly with regard to our own selves, the stories we tell ourselves, as opposed to the root cause, become the identity that we adopt. What we think, we speak. What we speak, we act. And if we think it, if we're thinking, speaking, and acting the same mantra, I'm not enough, I'm not enough, I'm stupid, I'm whatever. That's what you will be. That's what we come to believe, and we own it yeah. with a passion. Yeah. Define it. We allow ourselves to define ourselves from from. I'll rephrase that. When we allow ourselves to define ourselves from a fear-based perspective, we only ever see 
the the negative side we only never see the bad bits about us in inverted commas there are there are no bad bits about any of us i, I firmly yeah. believe we've got something within us that when we can reach it and, and bring it out then we can learn to live uh differently we can learn very quickly actually to move from a fear-based way of living to living freely in our own way and on our own terms um so that's sort of oh. a potted history last 60 years but the last eight years in particular the new improved me the new sober me 2710 days or something that it is now uh is is a different person altogether i'm a different person physically i'm seven and a half stone lighter than i was eight years ago and in and in in in, in in pound terms in, in uk currency that's a stone is is 14 pounds so i'm seven times 14 plus seven pounds in weight lighter than i was okay let, yeah. let me do a quick calculation or in kgs how many kgs would that be <laughs> that sounds like a lot but yeah so so what happened it does was it any event that triggered you to own up yourself uh, or was it just a moment where you felt it or was it a gradual process and how was it you know for living that life that you almost uh, put yourself in that mold you were there and you were living breathing believing every minute of who you were and what happened i'm really curious to know here like what happened then okay so by the time by the time it got to september 2012 mm -hmm. Uh, the best way I can describe it, and I, and, I, and I do use this analogy a lot, the best way I can describe it, you know, is I was lost and alone inside a mind that was a prison of my own making, period. Mm. I was so deeply locked into the story that I identified with, <clears throat> excuse me, which was that my mother did X, Y, Z to me in childhood. Truth, fact. However, as a grown-up, when I could and should have taken responsibility for my own life, but didn't, and I started to blame all my poor lifestyle choices or my mental ill health issues on her, which was in the very, very, very early stages of my life, i.e. pre-18, that would have been founded to a degree. However, I now know for a fact that I didn't know what I didn't know about my mother and her own background. Right. Um, we, and, and I long ago forgave that situation. It, no, the past no longer has a hold over me because it became my passport to freedom. Yeah. I didn't discover that passport to freedom. I didn't apply for that particular passport <laughs> until I was 52 years old. The day that my, my health had declined to such a degree that I was already going to my GP, my doctor, for uh, routine blood tests almost monthly because my, my blood tests were coming back increasingly poor in terms of my, my, my main body systems, my heart, my liver, my kidneys, etc., were, were declining. And they were declining partly because my mental health had declined to such a degree that I'd, I'd become physically unwell. As we both know, stress manifests itself in our bodies in so many different mm -hmm. ways. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in that, because I couldn't cope with my physicality, with my physical ill health, my mental ill health continued to decline. And my go-to default setting became I'll have a glass of wine. By the time, by the time it reached 26th of September, 2012, I, I went to my GP for some more routine blood tests. And as I said, I was seven and a half stone heavier than I am now. I was absolutely bright yellow. My eyes, my fingernails, everything. And yet in here, 
even though I knew that I was in big trouble, I convinced myself that I had a suntan because I'd not want to come back off holiday. The stories we tell ourselves are the yeah. most stories when we believe them. When I say believe them, when we feel in here as well as in here, the emotion that we attach to the feelings is what keeps us stuck. But it also can be what sets us free. That yeah. day I went to my she took one look at me she picked the telephone up and she rang an ambulance and admitted me to hospital as an emergency oh goodness. I I'm not gone to my GP that day 24 hours later I would have been dead and that's not a joke that is fact when somebody tells you that when you when you suddenly I have no memory of that first five days none I have no memory of it my husband says I was never unconscious I just I think I'd gone into sort of a catatonic state of shock oh my goodness Everybody will know that I'm this, this, and this. The big news to me was that actually they already did, and I I was just the only one that, although I knew it, I never ever. Yeah, and, and I was, uh, I spent six weeks in hospital, and my consultant came to see me five, six days in, and said that I was still dying. And in that moment, in that absolute moment, <coughs> excuse me, I knew what a fool I'd been. I knew that I didn't have any time left. I remember going, I haven't got any time, looking at my watch. And he said, did you not hear what I just said? I told you you were still dying. And I said, no, you didn't hear what I said. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to do the things that I always wanted to do. Right. Skydive, go to India, do amazing things in my life and run my own business and write a book and da, da, da. And all these things came tumbling out of my mouth like that. And I, as I sit here now, and I've said this recently, I actually don't know that if that actually would have been enough um, to save me if I survived medically. But at the moment my consultant left, he walked out and our daughter, the younger of our three children, walked in and I was crying and she asked dad why. And he told her that, that I was still dying. And in that split second, you know, what I saw there became the biggest why that I'd ever needed. I'd always had that why. I just couldn't see it. Yeah. That why came in the form of our younger daughter's the most guttural scream that she let out. And she held my gaze, except for like a very long time. And in, in actual reality, it was probably not 30 seconds, but it's a very long time when somebody's screaming one long scream and right. holding your gaze. And in her gaze, in her look, I saw anger for sure. She was very angry at me because in terms of the alcoholism, that was self-inflicted because I didn't know how to cope, let alone love myself. Right, right. She was very angry. She, I saw hatred. She hated me in that split second. She was 17. I was going to be leaving her very soon. Yeah. I saw fear. She was scared to death. Again, she's 17 at that time. But more than anything, I saw the love in her eyes for me that, number one, I'd never seen or recall seeing in the eyes of my own mother. And number two, that I didn't have for myself. I didn't even like myself, let alone love myself in that split second. But in that split second, I made myself a promise. Oprah Winfrey would have called it a light bulb moment. I've, I've, I've subsequently come to call it the day when... The fireworks from November the 5th, July the 4th, and New Year's Eve all went off in my head all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> because it can be a bit better. <laughs> but 
I promised myself in that split second that if I got out of there, not only would my life change in the way I looked after myself, it would change for the better for, for the better for my family, but also inst instinctively I sort of knew that somehow at some point I'd come to pay it forward for the greater good of others. I had no idea I'd be doing things like this. I'd had no idea that eight years down the line almost and I'd be on a mission to take a million people from fear to freedom, but instinctively, intuitively, I knew that if I survived, there would be a reason bigger yeah. than me. Yeah. Yeah. But in being me, it also meant that if I were to do that, whatever that turned out to be, it also meant that for the first time ever, I had to have a brutally honest conversation with myself. Oh. And that became the catalyst for the change that, that, that we, we now see. Um, and it was the most scary place I've ever been. Mm. Mm. By almost dying, it's the most scary place I've ever been because in order to be brutally honest with myself, it called for me to be vulnerable. Yeah. It me to be honest. Not only with myself, but with others. Others, yeah. Mend so many bridges that I can't even count them. It called for me to be able to put my hand up and my head above the parapet of my very carefully crafted facade of a comfort zone and ask for the help that I needed. And more importantly, take it in the spirit that it was meant. It was a long time still before I came to understand that loving myself was hashtag sanity not vanity that came. <laughs> yeah hashtag sanity not vanities was something i used a lot across social yeah. media yeah i've seen that yeah and lao tzu i think it was said every journey begins a journey of ten thousand miles will begin with a single, single step yeah. and the day i walked through my front door actually no the day i took a step outside the hospital front door was the first step of what's been many tens of thousands of steps since and Again, I also, I think, and again, it wasn't conscious, but I think intuitively I knew I literally had to stop. And from that point on, take each baby step from that day forward as the next building block in the foundation of what has ultimately become my new life, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's, that's so profound. And wow, <laughs> I mean, story like these help others to connect. When, when you are there, there is no light at the end of the tunnel because yeah, we, in, in this country we have a saying which which goes along the lines of you can't see the wood for the trees are you too close yeah, You're yeah. In a, the only thing you can see is the tree in front of you you can't see the beauty of the forest around you right right i, I was like that and i think most of the people that i work with these days are the same now addiction comes in many forms it could be right. sugar right. on social media all the time but an, an addict is searching for something externally when they should be looking inside. Right. But so is the rest of the planet. That's mm. not an addict. Uh, that's not just an addict's um, uh, realm, if you like. Yeah. So these days, when I describe to others who ask of, of who I actually work with when I when I do the work that I do, whether it's in workshops or speaking or, or one to one or whatever, uh, the way I the way I describe myself these days is I work with professional swans. You know, we have we have swans in this country, big white birds that glide very serenely across lakes and rivers and so on. And and the way I describe it is I work with professional swans of this world. They're gliding serenely through life, giving the impression they don't have a care in the world when all the time underneath the surface where nobody else can see, 
they're paddling crazy yeah. just to stay and they're paddling like crazy to stay afloat because they don't want to be seen to be vulnerable yeah. they don't want to be lacking in some way they don't want to be seen to be unable to cope yeah and more importantly they don't want others to think badly of them all of which amount to they don't want to be seen to be a failure in some way and and that became sort of the the foundation if you like that i that i built my practice on because the sort of is if you're scared of spiders i'm not the person to come to you know i can help you you know maybe stroke a spider or something like that but that's a phobia yeah the, when i talk about people living fear-based lives i'm talking about people maybe crippled by anxiety for instance because of the opinions of other people so the five main fears that i would deal with and they're all intertwined to be fair and they all have spin-offs so it's not just this but the five major fears that affect most of us in the world when we're living from a fear-based perspective are the fear of change if i yeah. have to me sit myself in this for me not to be an addict anymore it needs me to hold my hand up and admit to the world that i was yeah so change triggers vulnerability for sure but change also triggers the fear of the other people's of other people's opinions Opinion. yeah so change the opinions of others fear of being a failure and or making mistakes and fear of lack that of not being enough and i'm on a mission i don't you know what it doesn't matter to me your age your gender your culture your background your beliefs it does not matter where in the world you are if you're hearing this today or subsequently, I'm tell you, you're enough. Whoever yes. you are, whoever you are in this world, you are enough. And if I'd have known that when I was 18 years old, in all honesty, my life would have probably taken a different path. I like to think that it would have brought me along this road because I really enjoy the things I do these days. And yeah. I'm making it and seeing the light go on in somebody's eyes when they come out from behind the grade shadows of the deepest darkest corners of the mind and embrace their life and living glorious technicolor it's a massive existing and living and, and and i've spent years now discovering that and every day is a challenge i'm only human hashtag only human after <laughs> yeah. i have yeah, somebody said to me recently the thing is you make it sound you make it sound and look so easy and when i finished laughing he said what are you laughing at i said if you think this has been easy you're delusional this is not easy but it's worth it right right i'm human as are you i have good days i have bad days i have days that are completely disastrous but these days i take account i hold myself accountable and take responsibility for my part in that because every equation every situation that happens in our life if we're in that situation and it's happening in repeated areas in our life we're the common denominator so everything yeah. begins in it you know and and i didn't had at a time if i had taken responsibility and held myself accountable when i was 18 21 whatever i i probably would have understood far more quickly that that my mother particularly only knew what she knew and what she didn't know I now know for a fact, I found out after she passed, to be fair, what I now know is how to love herself. Yeah, yeah. Across a very selfish person on many levels. I now, this, this me, 
knows that she was probably searching for the same sort of things I was searching for. Right. When my died, she just handled it differently. And I would say to anybody, you know, it's please, wherever you are in your life, if somebody's not responding to your situation in the way that you feel you deserve or you feel that, that they ought to, then there's something that they don't know about you. And we have to be vulnerable enough and brave enough to say, actually, if you knew this, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they might laugh and they might ignore you even more. But unless you give them the opportunity to know what it is that you're holding back, because we, we all of us hold something back. Right. We all, we all like to think we're going to keep this little piece of ourself just for us. But it might just be the little chestnut that would turn around somebody's opinion of you or the way they spoke to you and so on everything begins and ends with us and clearly that also includes self-love and and you know what it's the when I hit that sweet spot in my own life when I could when I could look at myself in the mirror and go do you know what you're all right that was a start and now these days it's like I love you (laughs) yes but human a lot that's just part of who i am but i also embrace that i don't try to hide my authentic self yeah for me love is about having the ability and the courage to be able to stand up and say to the world you know what this is me okay so i these days i say to myself every single day i love the person that i'm becoming Mm -hmm. and i do mean becoming i don't mean the person that i am because this person Maybe better than the person that I was yesterday, but right. she's not as good as she can be tomorrow. Wow. We are becoming every single day that we're alive. Right. We're a work progress. We're an organic species of the human race. Right. We live, we learn, we grow. We I have a saying that we know, we grow through what we go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and when we're open to learning about the things that we're going through then it's we are we are open to the opportunity of of personal growth and spiritual growth and all the rest of it and we 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 have the ability as human beings we have the powers of both choice and reasoning it's what sets us apart from the rest of the species on the planet right right single second of every single day in my humble opinion is a choice my choice to stay well and sober is a daily choice. Right, right. Not because I evolve and go backwards and, and become ill again mentally or start drinking again. I just acknowledge each and every day for what it is. Yeah. And someday, like disastrous days, I will just say, you know what? This is a disastrous day and I'm going to embrace that and that will involve tears it might involve a bit of door slamming or foot stamping or whatever. Hashtag only human. Yes. Does I don't love myself anymore. It means I'm embracing the validity of my emotions. I'm releasing them into the universe or wherever you believe your emotions go, because it's all energy, emotion, energy, emotion. That's what the word means. Yes. You can let go of that energy, that negative energy. We make room for peace to come back and we make room for the ability to, to change the emotion that was maybe anger and upset into calm and acceptance 
and yet absolutely love and love that you've that you know yourself well enough love for herself that knows herself well enough to understand that as a human being we will experience almost every emotion known to to a, the species at least once in our lives and for women of a certain age that's usually daily to be fair mm -hmm. yeah you know? there's that we could but with, there's a lot that we can do with there's a lot that we can do internally in keeping ourselves calm enough to be accepting of whatever the day brings to us because whatever it brings has something to teach us and it's usually about us yeah yeah very well said very well said yes so so uh as you said like it's a process you know like ten thousand miles that's there so for the goddesses today what is one gem like one baby step you know that they can take uh to to just to move towards to move forward you know in this journey so i would like to have one gem from you i think speaking personally the the biggest thing for me was to understand know and accept that actually i am imperfectly perfect just mm -hmm. the way i am okay. and for me um gratitude became the foundation upon which I, I rebuilt my life and I realized very early on in this leg of my life that in order to be grateful for who and what I am becoming that I have naturally to be grateful for everything that's happened before yes uh, my nugget would be I think on the deepest of levels and with the greatest of respect for anybody that perhaps is not yet able to truly say they love themselves is to number one ask ask themselves why 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 am i not worthy of the love that i will so freely give to right. somebody else right and, and in doing that if you can be brutally honest with yourselves and it will spark I, I'm, I'm a big fan of spider diagrams you know you put if, for instance if you put self-love in a bubble and then do the little <laughs> okay i'm a very organic creature and i and, and spider grams as i call them uh, help me to, to prioritize my thoughts on days when I'm a bit skew if, but if we can work backwards to the day that we or to, to a trigger point, shall we say that sparked a lack of empathy with ourselves, loving ourselves, etc. that would be the basis at which to start gratitude. So, so what I'm saying is journaling for sure, in a, in, with regard to the gratitude that we have, the life that we have, even if at this moment in time, you don't love yourselves, you don't like yourselves, there is something in your life that you can that you, Or you, if you don't, if you feel you don't have it right now, there is something in your life that you had at some point that even if you didn't know it, when you think about it deeply enough, you will have been grateful for. That's a yeah. really good start forward. And just as an aside from that, I, I'm a big fan of movies and I went to see recently here uh, the new Tom Hanks film, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Mm -hmm. It's a very gentle film and it's all about um, mindfulness and, and non being non-judgmental, etc. Mm -hmm. And the biggest takeaway I took away from that film in terms of self-love was quite simply this. I'm paraphrasing it, but it is essentially a quote. 
on the days when you don't like yourself, let alone love yourself, just sit a minute with yourself and remember all the people who loved you into being. Wow. For me, I sat in that cinema and I don't mind admitting it, tears poured down my face. Just for that one, the, the film's full of them. If, if, it, if it's available wherever you are in the world, I highly recommend that you go and see it. It will teach you a lot about loving yourself. And I thought I knew a lot and I came out of that film. Wow. Wow. But the, the thought of thinking about all the people who ever loved us into being, when you think about it, is immense. We're not just talking about our parents, but both sets of grandparents, quadruple sets of great grandparents, etc., etc. Ad infinitum throughout time, all the people who literally loved us into being are responsible for us being here today. And it becomes now our responsibility to pay that forward in respect to them, whether we loved them or loathed them, if it hadn't right. been for them, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. We owe it to ourselves to love ourselves. And I said it on the post that I put on earlier on Facebook about, about coming on here with you today. The song says it all, in my opinion. Learning to love ourselves is the greatest love of all, yeah. without exception. Without yes. exception. Yeah. Oxygen in our lives. If we don't if we don't have that for ourselves, how can we realistically expect others around us to, to, to treat us in kind? People yeah. treat people treat us how we allow them to. Yes. But treat us how we show them we want to be treated. And they, yeah. the biggest I ever had was in learning to love myself. Wow. Beautiful, Jim. It, it is a kohinoor. <laughs> There are many ways that we can look at this world, um, but what is for sure that every single thing that ever happens on every given day, from if you stub your toe in the morning when you get out of bed, to crossing the road, to getting to work late on time, we have had a choice yes. in the way that we act or respond. And the massive difference in all of that is, is, is I say to people all the time, I do this, I practice the pause. If we pause long enough, to respond rather than react life becomes so much easier yeah because we don't have time to think before we open this and let <laughs> instant horridness yeah. yeah yeah true and again i think it was a boy's own song uh you say it best if you say nothing at all if you really can't think of anything nice or kind to say over day just don't just don't, just don't. yeah you know the world needs more kindness and it right. starts with us Yes, yes. And in, interestingly, none of the culture, like initially I used to think this is an Indian thing. So I used to call it Mother India Syndrome, how, hashtag Mother India Syndrome. But more I travel the places, uh, more I interacted with women across the globe. I said, nobody is teaching this. Everybody we become people pleasers. We say yes when no would suffice. Yeah. We over under deliver. And we never know that we, we never really understand the power of saying no. Yeah. Yes. We want to be liked and loved and honored and cherished. Yeah. And we so now I say like totally unapologetically, you know, yes and no. It's, it's like perfect thing. Absolutely. I firmly believe this now, you know, everything begins and ends with us, but it, everything that ever happens is meant to happen. For us, for us. Oh, yes, there is a learning. For us, not to us. 
yes. and it, even when we can't see why at that moment yeah. in time, that happens becomes apparent later. Yeah. But it's also temporary. Everything is temporary. Life yes. itself, yes. we just don't know. We're yeah. all here, we're all we all die. Yeah. None of us know what in between. Yes. And it's, it's that um it's that unsurety, I think, for many of us that actually bizarrely keeps us stuck. It doesn't propel us forward to where we say we want to be. Because yeah. we convince ourselves time, don't have the money, not pretty enough, not thin enough, not 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 yang 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 yang. We we buy into our own rhubarb, you know, our own rubbish. We do, and um, it, we we shouldn't. Yeah. Because we, we we can't be honest with ourselves. Yeah. You know, me, myself, and I inside my own head. If I can't be honest with myself, I can't possibly be honest with anybody else. Right. Work like that. So thank you so much. How can we follow you, your work? Tell us about your social handles. Okay. Uh, what well, my name is spelled S U E. So yeah. Kurt. Um, I'm on Twitter as at Sukur. Um, on Instagram, I'm on as at Fearless Live More. On Facebook, my Facebook group um, is a mental well-being group, but it's for the promotion of it, as in promotion of being mentally well. Uh, that's called Everything Begins and Ends With You. It's an open group now, so you can just type in Everything and Begins and Ends With You on Facebook. You can you can join the group gladly. Mm -hmm. And my Facebook page is called Suka Fearless Live More. Um, awesome. It's a really, my, my surname is a really unusual spelling. If you type in Suka on social media, I promise you you'll find me, which sounds really arrogant, but I don't mean it to. Um, and, and of course, there's my website, Suka.com. Okay, great. Our goddesses will follow you. We'll get more nuggets, more love from you and more freedom, you know. And beautiful thing is... Uh, Planet Aphrodite is the passport to freedom, you know, so you can apply and just get your passport to freedom. So what is the free gift our goddesses are getting today, Sue? Well, I, I have, um, uh, um, if you type in um, suka.com, where am I going? That will take you to a hidden page on my website. Um, but there you will find a, a freely downloadable um e-workbook that I have which which will help with it it's all designed about it's called where am I going find your way to clarity and focus and the first half of it is um, a journaling tool so you'll need a pad and pen mm -hmm. uh, but it starts off asking questions about all the relationships that we've ever had so in childhood how we see ourselves how we saw the relationships of our others it's very detailed and it's and it primarily contains the majority of the questions that I ask myself on this first on the first bit of this leg of my journey then there's a sort of a reflection tool and at the end is a focus like where i want to be what am i going to do so that's freely downloadable to anybody that follows that goes to sukha.com forward slash where am i going mm -hmm. um everybody can have that and um and i'm quite happy uh, i'm not quite sure how we would work this and i'm quite organic by nature but i'm quite happy to offer three because I only have so many hours in a day. Um, if, if, if people contact you, Meenal, yeah, um, yeah. I, um, I, I, I will send you, if you, if you, I will leave you to decide if anybody, no, let me rephrase this. I've got three discovery sessions, three fearless self-discovery sessions that are 60 minutes long that I'm willing to gift to the listeners of this podcast. Wow. So 
thank you so much Sue, for your wise and and being so open and candid about your journey you know i, I think well, that gives the strength to self and others it, it's part it's part of what i i pride myself now on being able to be authentic because trust me not everybody likes me but that's okay <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah i can say not everybody likes me with and with humor but it's okay because i like me and yeah. i love myself yeah. the opinion yeah. whereas before that, running for the pills or the bottles or whatever and it's just not healthy yeah. love yourself yeah you're worth it yeah start to Yes, and increase the dose every day. Instead of that wine glass, go for a dose of self-love, you know, and that shot will keep you going and glowing each day. <laughs> Serotonin, the main contributory factors to all antidepressants on the planet, occur naturally in our bodies every yes. single day. Right. So amazing. Thank you so much, Sue. And goddesses, do follow her and get her download the book, and it will be great, I'm sure. Have a good day. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.